Welcome everybody. This is Matt Rinke, the founder of Illumination Wealth. I am very excited to have another wonderful guest today. I have Ron Harrell, the founder and CEO of my office, which is a San Diego based company that provides full service, com you know, commercial relocation services to companies throughout probably San Diego and Southern California. In addition, Ron is an expert in EOS. And I know that there's a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners that may have heard it on the surface, don't really know what it is, but EOS uh, is the entrepreneur uh, operation, the operating system that can help companies scale and grow their business. Uh, I also got to know Ron through EO, which is Entrepreneurs Organization and the San Diego chapter. And I know Ron's been uh, you know, somebody involved in EO probably since the early days. Uh, and he's just an, always a valuable resource to everybody in the community. And uh, I'm just honored to have him a part of our conversation today. So Ron, did I miss anything? No, that sums it up quite well. Awesome. Awesome. So you, you have like two distinct businesses. You have your my office company and then you have power traction. Can you tell me, I think, you know, knowing this time, this coronavirus COVID-19 environment, you do, you know, company commercial relocation, people moving their office spaces and setting up and designing beautiful spaces. Now we're in this remote work environment and people working from home. Can you just share a little bit about what's going on inside your company and uh, how you're navigating through this? Yeah, it's gonna be an interesting time as a whole for companies, uh, figuring out when they can bring people back, what we're seeing, uh, figure out when we can bring people back and then what does the new office space look like in terms of social distancing and how do we protect people coming into the building and secure the building and you know, can we work uh, different shifts and decontamination issues? So across the board, I think there's going to be a major shift. And along the way, we've been able to do this great experiment in virtual work working, which everybody was forced to do. So there's going to be a dramatic shift in the way offices are set up. The purpose of the office in terms of you know, the main focus is to have a cultural center, collaboration space, meeting space, a uh, place where people can have that community. And then perhaps a big chunk of folks' time that may be working virtually at home on the focus time. So companies are going to have to put less people in a larger amount of space. And the trend in the, the furniture world has been to put a lot of people in a densely populated footprint. In fact, the more you can cram in, the, the cheaper it was. Yep. So there's going to be a major transformation. So I don't know that leasing uh, building needs will go away for the larger corporations. They're just going to have less people in there and they're going to have to figure out a different flow. But I've talked to several companies that may have somewhere between you know, five to a hundred employees. They don't plan on renewing their lease and they're never going to get back into a building. So there's wow. a lot of interesting stuff starting out there. We've had to do this this pivot, so we are at my office are now going into companies and helping them do reconfiguration, design, and planning and test fit to do the social distancing panel risers because the trend was to create lower panels, collaboration space, these desking units, and now we're going in and we're putting these panel risers on top of those decontamination services screens so that when people are coming into the space, we can take their temperature through, through a little window. Uh, automatic infrared temperature controls. There's all kinds of new things that facilities are going to need that we're, we're pivoting to create a whole other business line just to support companies in that process. 
Yeah, incredible. So I was like, one door might shut, you know, slow or shut. And another thing is opening up for companies and for your, you know, services and expertise. Yeah, yeah. And it's an opportunity for us to really help companies navigate what's going on in terms of inflammation of regulation of what needs to happen, signage, uh, what what do we need to do from requirement from the state mandate of opening up the building and, and how to navigate that space. Yeah. And for your own company being one that is about an office and I've, you know, been fortunate to have been been there and learned at at your space before, what's it like and what have you done to, you know, maintain your company culture in this environment? Are you able are people are you, are you an essential business that people are going in or is everyone working remotely at your company? And if so, what are you doing to maintain the maintain the culture and the communication? Yeah, great question. So we shut down the office uh, and and allowed people to work virtually. And the office, we I say we shut down the office. We do not require anybody to go in the office, but the office is open. So we have people coming in, in and out, uh, maintaining the social distancing. In essence, it's pretty quiet around the office, and shifted to doing our meetings online through Zoom. Uh, and it's really about keeping the circles connected. So we want to make sure that we are communicating across the board with everybody in the company about the state of things, because there's a lot of concern and fear. And there was a two week period, we actually had to shut the business down completely because there was some confusion about being an essential business or not. Mm. So companies and companies just started shutting their doors. Um, so as we've navigated through that, I switched from doing a couple of weekly meetings to doing daily. Uh, huddles and doing a EOS process called identify, discuss, and solve. So it's a way to create the, the, issue, the list of issues that we're dealing with, which we're changing every day for a while. Prioritizing the most important stuff at the top, having a conversation about what really is the core issue and then solving it and doing that for an hour and a half every day with my team. And then weekly huddles and daily huddles and communication going on on a regular basis. It's, it's not, it's been a transition. And uh, our staff is out working across the city and other people's offices. And uh, it's got to be interesting for them because they're going into these places that may have a couple thousand employees and there are 10 people in the building. So wow. it's been an interesting yeah, thing for them as well. Yeah. And so you kind of talked about how you're, you're using these tools that you've learned and now you're training people on these tools. You talk yeah. about IDS or issues, discuss, solve, which comes from EOS. Can you just share from a high level? I know that there's a, some various components, but can you simplify exactly what EOS is? Sure. You know, EOS is really about getting, it's a human potential management tool. So it's about getting everybody on the same page and understanding what roles they have in the business and creating a system to keep everybody aligned and growing in the same direction. It's about three things, creating vision, traction, and healthy. So we want to make sure that everybody in the company knows where you're going to go and how you're going to get them. We can see every day and every week if we're getting the right stuff done, because we prioritize our, our rocks for the quarter, are we getting that stuff done? And then healthy. Can we create a healthy culture in the company? Can I create help the entrepreneur create a healthy lifestyle in relationship with their business? Because most times, as an entrepreneur, you do not have a healthy relationship with your business. And I personally 
uh, struggled with that for years. About three and a half years ago, I discovered EOS, put it into work into my office, and absolutely loved it. Knew that there was something that I wanted to learn and, and teach and help other companies with. I'm getting feedback from the companies I'm working with that they share. I don't know if we would have made it through this, and we certainly wouldn't have made it through this with the, the ease that we had had we not started working with you a year and a half ago, two years ago. They wow. are just set up to shift and move and pivot. And it's like, you know, if you play the sports, when you're, you're, you're on your game, you're, you're on your toes and you're, you're moving and you're shifting, and they're able to just do that much easier without all the headaches and the chaos and, and really make changes quickly and adapt to it. I, yeah, and I'm getting feedback every day from folks about how much it's helping. So I don't know if that answers, but EOS says it's, there's six key things about the entrepreneur operating system. Vision, where are we going to go and how are you going to get there? People, having the right people in the right seats and, and setting up the organizational chart, accountability chart, we call it. So it, your structure is set up to, for success. And that's one of the biggest things I see that changes quickly for a company when I start working with them. Data, how do I collect the right information to make decisions based on logic and facts instead of emotion and, and just energy? Uh, so get the right data and we're tracking data to change behavior. So what leading indicators can we watch so that if they're going off track, we can start changing the things we're doing today to impact the future. As you get your, your vision nailed down, you see the, how we're going to manage the people and if they fit our culture like a glove and you get good data, all of a sudden this transparency happens. You start seeing things and you're flooded with issues of things that you got to fix. So how do we get those into a bucket of short-term and long-term issues and how do we take that short-term issues list every week and separate it and make good decisions and identify what the problem is, the core issue, discuss it and solve it for good without kicking the can down the road. Then process, you can't run a great system or a great company without a great system. You certainly can't scale it. So identifying the top core processes and doing what we call the 20% the of the steps that get you 80% of the results, create your process around that. And then traction, meeting every week to hold people accountable, setting quarterly rocks, and doing a, what we call a level 10 meeting to, do, to go through and do like we do in a EOS form where you're mining for issues, solving issues in that meeting. Yep. So vision. People, data, issues, process, and traction. Yep. Uh, and, and getting everybody in the company to be on the same page. That's fantastic. And so I know that there's different books about it. Gina Wickman, who wrote about it. Yeah. And uh, there's a book called Traction and a few other books out there. Uh, Ancillary are supportive of that. What does it take to really get started for you know, the typical company that you might be working in? Is it as simply as I can read the book and start doing this? Or how does, how does a company really take hold of this system? Yeah, so the, Gino created the system. Uh, he, he was an entrepreneur at a young age and he just started putting all this stuff together and he built a family business and then sold it and realized he had a knack for creating up this, this, what he ended up creating. And you can read the book certainly and start self-implementing. Uh, it's, it's, it's a simple system and it's designed to be really simple. The nuances and the complexities of how you implement that is, is the artwork. So hiring a professional implementer uh, is extremely helpful. You will do it much faster than you could do on your own, but you can do it on your own. And there's a system online. You can sign up and, and watch videos and, and self-implement. may work for some companies. 
Uh, I find that that's probably going to take a while. I know I, I started by self-implementing, and a year and a half into it, I kept going back to my team saying, oops, I got that wrong, and I got that wrong. And we read the books. There's Get a Grip and uh, Traction and How to Be a Great Boss. And, you know, the alternative is to meet with a professional implementer, have them come out and do what's called a 90-minute meeting that we share with your leadership team what this is all about. You, if you decide to move forward, there's three days of training. And then you go into quarterly planning sessions, annual planning sessions, and you just keep that rhythm where you meet every quarter, look back and say, how did we do? Take stock, look forward. What do we need to do the next quarter to get our annual plan accomplished? Do that stuff, work like crazy, meet the next quarter and just rinse and repeat. Uh, I'm simplifying it a lot. There's a lot of nuances to it. And, and my job as a, as a implementer is to be a teacher, facilitator, and a coach. So I come in, I'm going to teach the EOS system. I'm going to facilitate the meeting so that I'm pulling the nuggets and getting everybody to really open up and talk about the tough stuff. And that's the, that's the missing piece if you don't have an implementer. Uh, and then coaching is I'm also going to help hold people accountable. So I'm checking in with you every quarter. We're taking score and we're grading how well you and your team did at the end of the quarter. So there's the, the three parts to working with somebody when you implement it. Got it. Got it. It's interesting to hear how you went, you did it, you, you know, self-implemented. You, you did that for a period of time and realized that, hey, now's the time to take it to the next level. And there was somebody there that accelerated it. And by having this in place, it's helped you weather this recent economic health pandemic storm. Um, and what do you see? How do you see it working with the clients that you're working with now? Is anything changing? Does do, do all the same principles that the you know EOS was built on like hold true in these environments or are things being adapted for it? Uh, the principles hold true. I mean, it's the stuff that's not rocket science. And, and I worked for many years and I did a lot of what traction is all about um, and put that stuff in place, but I never did it in a system that it created a common language for the entire team and there's a process to how you have these weekly meetings so i wasn't i didn't just connect all this stuff together like Gino has done so it's timeless yep. and you know i think it's more critical to be doing that stuff now uh than than not have it because we can have a conversation i've got a, a language about how do we prioritize it? Is that a long-term, is that a short-term issue? If that's the case, is it a people problem or a process issue, which one? And how are we gonna measure them? How are we, do we know if we got it fixed? And let's get the data for this before we make a decision. So that all of that comes together. And we've already done a significant amount of work to make sure we have all of the right people in the company. So the, we don't deal with a, what, I, what I would call whackable. So if you go into this and you're putting out fires all day long, and all of a sudden, everything has changed. It's almost overwhelming. So with a, with a system like this, you can pivot, adapt, and change. And, and your team can keep up with the pace of what we've had to do. And all my customers, that's what I'm hearing. It's like, yeah. wow, we, we are moving through this stuff, sometimes daily or hourly as it's hitting us. And it went from we could, we could do a plan for a day and a half to we could do a plan for a week. So we could do a plan for 30 days and now I can see about 60 days and everybody's still at about 60 days. We can't really, we don't know what's going to happen beyond that. Yep. So I've switched now to a lot of our planning sessions are 30 day or 60 day cycles instead of 90 day cycles. Cause we just can't, we don't know where it's going. Sure. Funny, I, I've got a, we're moving out of our building in the midst of that because I have an opportunity to, to shift myself and reduce our overhead. 
And my broker who works with a lot of companies out there, he goes, I just want to acknowledge you. You guys are moving at a pace that is significantly faster than most of everybody else I'm dealing with. They're kind of just sitting around and waiting for things. He goes, I, I'm really impressed with, with what I'm hearing and what you guys are doing. It's pretty cool. That's awesome. So how do, you know, a couple of things that you brought up is like, you're constantly solving issues. Do you find that some companies when they first start this have a hard time sharing the issues, addressing the issues? And how do you create a culture where it's like, it's okay to have them and to uh, yeah. speak up? Yeah, that's a great question. So a couple things you start, I start with the leadership team. And when we first started, and I see this across the board, when I start with the company, you will come out of the first meeting I have with you and with about 60 or 70 issues on the board. And it's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. I'm going to go through and do like what we'll keep, keep, kill, combine. We're going to separate those into short term, long term. So taking all this stuff, we're starting to bucketize it into a, a way that you can see it. And the stuff that we're not going to deal with in the next 90 days, let's set it aside. Good stuff. Let's not lose it. So when we meet again, we're going to pull that out and see if we need to put it into the short term priority list. Um, so you go through an evolution of, of, you know, after two years, our issues list and our meetings sometimes are four or five items long instead of 60 or 70. And then as we've developed the leadership skill set to be able to do this well, they now have taken it out to each department and each department, our sales team, our operations teams, our finance team all have their own traction meetings, their own issue list, their own annual plan and their own quarterly rise. And I, I've had this company for many, many years. Like I said, our field staff works out in other people's offices. So I may go 30 days without seeing some of these folks, maybe longer. Uh -huh. I walked by, by the conference room right before we had to close the office and I we got a field staff meeting going on and I hear them putting issues up on the board and having a, a conversation about how to prioritize it and which one they were going to IDS first. And I, I, it was the guys in the room talking about it. They were bringing up the issues. They were going to prioritize what they needed to fix. In the past, we were in those rooms having the meetings and we were preaching to them and we're trying to get them engaged and I could never do it. This has transformed that. It's, it's pretty cool to see that. Yeah. And that's where I, in my own experience, having a third party or having somebody outside, uh, you know, like an implementer or a coach bring these things forth because it's not the leader or the one person dominating or giving the direction. It's facilitating everybody a, a safe place to know that like they're creating this and uh, then seeing your team do yeah, it. Yeah, and they can also, they, it's also set up in a way because it's really important that when they take the time to care, and share and raise their hand saying, here, this is an issue. By the way, an issue is a missed opportunity. Mm. It's something's not quite working. A customer's not happening. We don't know why. Mm. We feel like we've got some lack of motivation from the team. It's not always bad. It can be, hey, this is something that I, here, I think we could save a lot of money and it's an issue because we don't have a plan to execute on it. Right. So it's not just problems. Uh, so they care enough to, to say something, they, they risk the, you know, raise their hand and say, here's the issue. And you got to have a system that you can then take action on it. And they follow up and you follow through and they see that happening. If you can't do that, if you don't not organize enough to make that happen on a regular basis every week when that stuff is going on, uh, it doesn't stick. But they, they, everybody can now clearly see, and I'll back up just for a second. I've we've taken the time to say, here's our 10-year target. 
here's our three-year vivid vision or painted picture of where we're going to go. And I, it gives the energy to what we're doing this year. Here's our one-year plan. And here's what we're going to focus on this quarter as a company. They have now got together as a team and said, how do we support that in our operations team environment? So here's our plan for the year that's going to help us get to the, help the company to get to where they want to go. And here's what we are going to work on the next 90 days. So this, they get a lot more ownership because they are fully up to speed on where we're going and how we're going to get there. And that we're not joking about it. This is it. This is where we're going. We're measuring it. We've got, we got activity happening on a regular basis. And that's just start kind of moving throughout the organization and creating an energy that just don't have without that kind of transparency. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I think it's valuable to have the data, to have the communications, to put in the right habits and structures, and especially in this environment. Is there things that, you know, that you might see in the companies that you are, you know, consulting with that people are not doing well in this environment? I know one thing you said, like, hey, you're moving faster. And like, what is there any mistakes being made by business owners and leaders yeah. now? Yeah, but probably a, a ton. Um, you know, I haven't paid that much attention to folks that I'm not working with. Um, you know, I think the general consensus, you're probably hearing this too, you know, protect your cash. Right. This is an opportunity to hit the reset button. If you need to change, get out of a business unit, shut something down, make a pivot, uh, let go of some team folk members who really shouldn't be in the company because uh, they're not a great fit, um, lower your overhead. You know, if you're not to get out and get the PPP loan, the disaster release, release loan, there's a ton of information out there and help. People are, I've been really impressed with how willing people are to help out. Um, so if you're not taking advantage of all this stuff and doing those things, then you're, you're, you're not getting quite up to speed on what needs to happen. So, yeah, we're looking for, we're moving out of the building because we changed our business model. It's too big. We have a storage warehouse need and we have a showroom need and we're going to separate those two. Mm. We know that it would be better to wait to get into the showroom. Although we found a spot, we'd love to do it right now. If we say wait six months, we'll have more choices, probably at a better cost. So we're going to move into the warehouse and keep working virtually for a while. So we've got nimble and flexibility going on. Uh, and for me to get the team to let go of the emotion of having this really cool space uh, was easy. Yep. And it's the right decision, smart decision. Got to know your numbers. Got to look at the budget. Uh, so if you're not doing those things, and, and staying on top of it and being nimble and flexible, you're probably not doing the right stuff. Yeah. Now, I do see three things happening out there. There are companies that are killing it. I got a couple of companies that I'm working with, and the conversation's completely different because they're like, we have to scale, we have to scale now, and mm -hmm. things are hitting, and, and we're working on that plan and kind of moving it even faster because of what's happened. They're blowing up. Oh. People who are treading water and you know, we're not sure where it's going to go and let's shift this into a shorter window. And then there's people who are just getting devastated. Yeah. And there's some folks out there right now, they can't do anything. They just don't have any revenue, can't open their doors. Uh, it's horrible. And so just knowing where you're at in that piece of it and making sure you're adjusting accordingly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And getting ready, if you're not thriving today, getting ready for that, because it will happen. For sure, for sure. And so if I would have told you that last year, that what was going to happen in 2020 or the, the start of this year it was going to happen, would you have done anything differently within your companies? If I knew this was coming? You knew this was coming? Like what would you might have done yeah. last yeah. year? Yeah. I would have cut my overhead significantly last year, and I would have made sure that we are really, really focused on what we need to be doing uh, and, and getting prepared for it. Yeah. And some of the things that you talked about is like you, you've changed physical locations. And I know sometimes those things deal, you know, it's leases, they're long-term decisions. Did you, were these things in the works for you or were you able to like navigate and change you know, physical spaces and offices and leases in this short period of time? Uh, I am in the midst of it. So I, I can answer that in 30 days. I got to be out of my building by July 1st and I'm in the middle of all that right now. But yeah, we're going to make it happen. Yeah, we will. Uh, and we're going to do it with what I would call ease and grace because we're, we are on top of it helps that that's the business that we're in for that business, um, to make that a lot easier, but there's still a lot of moving parts and pieces and juggling balls and things up in the air and keeping all of that organized yep. and keeping everybody in the loop all the time on where we're at on each stage. Mm. Amazing. Yeah, no, that's yeah. yeah, really important and valuable stuff to be able to make these long-term business decisions under, you know, under pressure, you know, but you have a way and a framework for doing that and the information to make it logically, not emotionally. Uh, yeah, that's, that is the key. And there's a lot of emotion going on with, it's interesting because we think about the team and the culture there's a lot of emotion going on across the board in people's lives that don't have anything to do with work. And you know, you got the work stress and the family stress and concern, and there's people who you know are being heavily impacted directly by having the virus. Uh, it's an interesting time with the energy and the, the stress and the uh, fear that's out in, in general population and navigating that and keeping people calm with, at the workspace on top of that. Mm -hmm. And how have you, I guess, you know, just to wrap it up, how have you been able to take, you know, a, a big business that you've run and for, you know, many years and created the space to have this other business where you're helping other entrepreneurs? What did you do to be, allow yourself to do that? You know, step out of this role where you were spending a lot of time to now free up to do other business ventures. How did that come yeah. up? I put in EOS. And I'm not joking. This yeah. was... I'm not saying it was that simple. Sure. I got, and it's typical of an entrepreneur three years ago, or maybe I guess three and a half years now, I'm sitting at my desk and I hated my job. I was ready to close the business down. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And what I was saying is I can't do what I'm doing anymore. And what I was doing was, was a lot of crap that you get stuck in because you haven't built the right systems and team and metrics when I started shifting things, people want more responsibility and they, they will take it and they thrive on it. I just didn't have a way to do it so that I didn't feel like what happened in the past, we would do something and I'd let somebody else do it and I didn't do a good job helping them and the system wasn't set up to help them and it would fail and I'd have to go clean up the mess. And I, it's just the cycle that you get into. 
So getting EOS put into place, and there's a lot of things that we're able to do that, but getting the accountability chart right, getting the right people in the right seats in the company and getting some people out of the company. It's not uncommon when I go and work with a firm that they lose some key people because they just really aren't the right people that they need. Um, and giving my team the tools to succeed, the authority, the decision, there's a decision matrix. Um, Dan Sullivan, who uh, does run Strategic Coach, mm-hmm. has uh, a book coming out. I don't know if it's out yet, but I got a chance to hear him speak. And he says, our job as an entrepreneur is to focus on the who, not the what. Mm-hmm. So who can do that better than I can? And we get so focused on what I need to do. And we go in and we start doing it because we're, we're doers. We get things done. We get results. Yep. And if you really just shift that thinking to the who, so I shifted my thinking to the who needs to be in that seat and what that seat needs to deliver and how am I going to measure that seat and my system to pull, pull all that together was transformational. The, yeah. Putting EOS into the business absolutely changed my life. Uh, and I'm able to do both. I, you know, The business is an asset. It's, it's ultimately like to build it and sell it. Uh, or it's running without my need to be there every day. Yep. And it's, it's profitable and it's writing. And if that could happen, great. That's awesome. Yeah. I could not have done any of that without having an EOS in place. Yeah. No, I, I can understand. I can understand. It's interesting to see how like this system is allowing you to maybe retire in the business or have a business that is worth more because you're not, it's not dependent upon you. Uh, no question about it. And I'm able to, I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship. I'm passionate about helping people learn to grow, to be happy and healthy. Uh, I did a two-year master's program in spiritual psychology. I do some executive coaching uh, in addition to everything else. And I really am passionate about that. So allowing me to go out and do what I love to do, and I think my life's purpose is all about, and have a great business at the same time. That's fantastic. Well, no, thank you for taking the time and sharing. Where do people find more about your companies because in this environment they're going to need experts to figure out their spaces and how they work harmoniously uh, together in close proximity and also to get you know the eos implementation information how do they how do they track you down yeah so it's uh the number for my office.com so for my office.com and powertraction.com so both of those power traction is the eos business and for my office.com the number four is the my office business. Awesome, Ron, thank you so much for sharing. Great insights, I know invaluable having your experience here and uh, kind of you know, leading and being a resource for people uh, throughout this, so thank you for your time. Awesome, thanks Matt, take care. Yeah, thank you.